Hey, hey, welcome to the Lifestyle Creation Podcast, designing life on your terms. I'm your host, Jamie Thurber, and I'm an expert operations manager, productivity queen, mindset, business, and lifestyle coach. Basically, getting shit done is my jam. And I believe in the power of intentional living and in real conversations that can shift your perspective, create habits, and ultimately achieve the freedom that you want in every area of your life. What's up, guys? Welcome back to the podcast. This is Jamie, and I'm super happy to have you here. I hope you're having a great day wherever you are. It is a good afternoon here in the Lou, St. Louis. For those of you who didn't know that, it's funny. I feel like everybody knows that I'm from St. Louis, Missouri, or like near St. Louis, Missouri, I should say. I'm about 20, 30 minutes outside of this city, which if you've been to Missouri, you know that... You can literally leave downtown St. Louis and be in something that feels like the country in about 30 minutes. So it's pretty beautiful. Anyway, (laughs) that's a different conversation for a different day. So as you've heard me mention in a lot of other podcast episodes, I've kind of mentioned lessons and things that have come from my health journey, from dealing with health issues. And it's always been something that's a really, it's a really long story. And so it's never been appropriate or convenient for me to, you know, take a little side road and explain that to you guys in the way that I think, you know, it would need to be in order for you to understand or for it to make sense. So basically what I want to do is number one, let you know that like this is extremely raw for me. Um, and I'll explain a little bit deeper as to why as we go into the conversation, because it's it's a great story. It's a great realization as far as, or like lesson as far as creating, you know, the life on your terms and not taking other people's rules as your constants or as like the only answer. And so it's, it's a great lesson for that. And it's something that's why I like to share about it or why I feel like I should share about it is because I think a lot of people well, I, I know I've encountered a lot of people who have similar situations um, and it's very hopeless sometimes. And so sharing my story helps create a lot of, of different mindset shifts and, and, you know, perspectives in a lot of different cases. So please, um, I definitely welcome you to please keep listening um, and listen to the end because like I said, it's kind of a, it's a really, looking back now, I've started to accept and realize that it's actually a, a super cool realization and process um, that I've gone through. And it it's, you know, humbly, I'd like to say that it's inspired a lot of people not to take, you know, no for an answer or not to take a diagnosis or, you know, a shutdown situation as their like life sentence. So I just wanted to preface, preface with that. And also that I have been to so many doctors, I've taken medicines, I've had tests, I've had MRIs, I've had, you know, dyes stuck into my joints. Like, this is something that I've, like, overall, my health concerns is something that I've been dealing with since I was, um, seventh grade-ish, and, um, and there's a lot of other things from my childhood too, but this specific issue, underlining issue, I would call it, is something I've been dealing with for 20 years. So a lot of, I've had people come to me and try to offer you know, say it's your breast implants that are making you feel this way or it's your lifestyle or it's this or it's that. And it's like, I just wanted to start with saying that 
I don't, I'm not looking for anyone to try to diagnose me. Like, please, please don't. Um, and when you listen to my whole story, you'll kind of understand why that's actually something with somebody who deals with an undiagnosable problem health-wise when everyone is constantly jumping like you should do this and this is the answer and I know all the things and like assuming that you know you haven't already done every test everywhere and done all this these different taken all these different avenues um, it's kind of it's extremely disheartening and it really minimizes the person who's experiencing the symptoms and minimizes their experience so um the biggest lesson here, there's a big lesson in this entire story. And so I'd like you to just stay tuned, like I said, and just kind of listen. And like I said, this is also, it's extremely uncomfortable for me to talk about. Like so much so that I realized that I was a couple of years into, you know, seeing a psychiatrist every few months or whatever. And for anxiety and things like that, I was a couple of years into seeing him before I ever mentioned my hypoglycemia, that's like the easiest word for us to put on it, and I'll explain more, and the daily constant pain that I have, just because it's something that I've dealt with for so long that it had become something I just never mentioned. Like I just didn't deal, I didn't talk about it, I dealt with it, I did what I needed to do to, to function and pushed forward. And so it's been that being a, being a thing, and so that's kind of what I wanted to let you guys know. It's definitely still not easy for me to talk about this. Um, it's very vulnerable was the word I was looking for when I said raw. So thank you for being here and for listening and allowing me to share some of this with you. Um, so basically to start out, just kind of, I'm just going to give you like a little rundown basically of what I have dealt with and do deal with physically. And the best way to explain it has always been hype, like extremely hypoglycemic and um, I know anyone can experience hypoglycemia when their blood sugar gets low, um, like symptoms of that, but mine is basically constantly, um, which at the beginning, before we really knew what was going on when I was young, like, you know, preteen, teenage years, we just, we didn't know what was going on, but I would pass out. Um, I'd get really hot. I'd get really faint. I would pass out. Anything that would make my adrenaline race would make me pass out. Um and at the time, no one understood. I didn't understand why any of that was going on. Um, finally, when I was my first year of college, I my doctor finally was like, this is just an extreme case. Like, this is an extreme case of hypoglycemia. Your body does not process foods and sugars the way, the same way other people do. Um, like my metabolism is runs, I think they said around four times faster than the average person. And the thing is, is like, when I say that a lot of people are like, wow, that's a great problem to have. Like you can't gain weight. And it's like, yeah, just keep listening. Trust me. It's, you wouldn't want to trade places with me. I wouldn't want anyone to experience the things that I've had to deal with and experience daily. Um, trust me, it wouldn't be, it's not worth being skinny for, <laughs> Basically, because of those things, they sent me to a dietitian and just told me like the only thing you can really do is is control it by the way that you eat. It's all up to you. You control the entire thing by the way that you eat and what you consume. That's a lot to put on an 18, you know, 19-year-old girl who doesn't understand why she's sick all the time. Um, and just try to hide it from everyone. That's the other part. This whole time you realize like unless you're really, really close to me, you don't know this. You've never seen it and you never will. Um, I've gotten a lot better 
over the last few years of just letting it be what it is and not hiding it, but it's still like a conscious effort I have to make. But anyway, so you give that, you know, diagnosis or that that response to it to a teenager and um that's a lot. And so they sent me to a dietitian, which is laughable at this point, the the advice that she gave me. For those of you who know anything about nutrition and food, um, being hypoglycemic means that your blood sugars are unstable at all times. And if it gets really high, there's a reaction that happens in your body um, that makes it counter-react. It's just a very complicated thing. But basically, you try to you should avoid um, simple sugars, you should avoid simple carbs, you know, having high protein, high fat, complex carbs lots of hydration, electrolytes, like things like that. And at 19, I go to a dietitian and she tells me based upon the way that I feel in the mornings, like what I'm describing to her, that I should eat Pop-Tarts for breakfast. <laughs> and now I look back and I'm like, you've got to be fucking kidding me. Like, here's the deal. I love Pop-Tarts. I think they're delicious. A friend of mine who's a fitness coach, like he has his clients eat them as post-workouts. And I tried to do that and I like threw up. Like, I love them so much, but it is one of the worst examples, or like the best examples, I should say, of a hard, quick insulin hit when you when you eat them. It's a concept of, you know, it's a lot of process, it's a lot of sugar, it's simple sugars, all of those things. So anyway, basically we continued on and the doctors, like no doctors were really ever able to figure it out. Like when I would get blood drawn, they have to lay me on the floor because my I would pass out every time. My body just can't handle some of those extremes. And I just took it for what it was. Like I said, I hit it um, as much as I could and just dealt with it, you know, behind closed doors as much as I could and just went around, you know, went along life. Like I was talking to my boyfriend the other day and we were talking about how much progress I've made physically. And I said, yeah, man, like you have to understand Like, I'd been puking every single morning since I was, you know, 16 or 17 years old. And he was like, yeah, honey, you were doing that when we first met. So we we first met when I was 23, 24 years old. And so it's like, talk about a lifelong thing of being ill every single morning. Like, I used to dread waking up and it was because as soon as I sat up, I was gagging, dry heaving, and a lot of times puking. Um, every single morning and so it was just a struggle to deal with and that but that was my reality so I did I dealt with it I did what I needed to do every morning you know I would be getting ready for work as an adult right I'd be walking around getting ready for work and and that's what I would be doing Um, it had become so normal to me that I remember when I first met Tony he was like what are you talking about like this is not a thing and then when we got closer and we're spending more time together he got to witness it and was like holy shit like this is insane this is really your experience. And I'm like, yeah, because also if you know me really well, you can see my blood sugar shift in my face. Like I look, the look on my face changes. I zone out. Like it's hard for me to concentrate. If you've ever had low blood sugar, like super low blood sugar, it dramatically affects, or shall I say drastically affects your emotional state. So I would get very emotional and crying and feel so guilty and apologize and all of these things. It was just, there's a, a very big snowball effect associated with a lot of these issues. I'll tell you how I got a hold of that in a, in a minute. I just wanted to also just give you the laundry list of things that are that happened to me. So hence the pain part. So my body's super achy because of the hypoglycemia, because of the massive issues absorbing nutrients, and because my body basically, if it doesn't have enough fuel, it, it starts attacking my muscle mass and it eats my muscle mass. So when I was talking to you about my metabolism 
and the way my body runs faster, it's basically, for example, a couple of years ago when I was living in Iowa, I got influenza A and I was it was very difficult for me to keep any food down for about four days. And within four days, I had lost 17 pounds. So that's how rapidly my weight could change. And I remember when I first started weightlifting, I had told my personal trainer this and he was just like, none of this makes any sense. And I was like, I agree. But he saw me, you know, four or five times a week. So he got to see the way it really, like my body really does adjust and affect and all those crazy things it does. So it was always fun. It's always fun when I had somebody who had cared enough to like really invest the time and energy to to see that I'm not making this up and it's extreme and it's. Um, makes no sense and then they would come at it with me you know the same way that I did as like a detective basically and have to figure it out and I'm grateful for the few people who have been willing to do that in my life like I said when I say the concept of that I'm not making it up like even when I first met Tony he was like whatever he he really didn't understand and he knows so much about the human body and the way like the way our entire body system works that everything I was saying didn't make sense until he started to see it and be like, okay, let's figure this out. In addition to all of that, I was in a couple of car accidents when I was young and because of that, um, have damage in the muscles supporting my spine and my lower back, damage in um, both of my knees, mainly my left knee. And I've gotten older, uh, I have a shoulder issue, but Basically, what that means is that I, what's that result in, and I should say, is after lots of physical therapy and all the tests and all the things, basically, the doctors just said to me, same, similar concept of, you know, dealing with all the other problems when they're like, well, you know, you're just going to have to deal with it. This is your reality. They told me after, you know, a year of physical therapy, basically, like, you can continue these, these exercises and keep those muscles strong and that will help you, but basically it's going to hurt like this for the rest of your life and I was 16 when they told me that about my knee and my back I was 26 when they told me that about my shoulder and they were just like nothing's wrong we don't know why it hurts so I'm just gonna deal with it and I'm like what what the fuck like (laughs) and it's just very discouraging because when you've heard that your whole life but you're like physically experiencing these things and you've had you know maybe a handful of people ever actually believe you um, and you have doctors and professionals who it's their job to figure out how to help you um, tell you like basically this is your like life sentence Um, talk about the emotions involved in that and uh, looking back I realized a lot of those emotions I didn't really deal with I just pushed forward um, did whatever I had to do up until recently when I started digging into some of that um, to see if it would help move my pain, which it has, and that's something we'll talk about later. But I think we've basically covered all of the uh, all of the ailments for the most part, I think. <laughs> but there's, of course, there's a snowball effect. There's lots of things related to the, to those those things. And I remember, so I was 23, 24, and Tony finally had said to me, Oh, okay. Side note: For those of you who don't know, Tony was a professional athlete and had been in locker rooms with the best of the best trainers and nutritionists and health professionals for a very long time. And so, honestly, he tends to be more informative to me than any doctor I've ever seen. And so, I really am grateful for his knowledge and support through a lot of things. But he basically was like, "Listen, okay, this is what we're gonna do. We're gonna get you a blood sugar monitor and you've got to figure out your body. Like you've got to learn your body. And I was like 
totally did not want to do it. I was like, fuck this shit, you know, whatever. And instead what I did was I took that blood sugar monitor and every morning I would prick my finger and document my blood. I'd eat breakfast right after I ate. I'd document what I ate. I'd take my blood sugar. 30, 40 minutes later, I'd take my sugar again and see where it was at. An hour later, I'd take my sugar again. So basically it was constant documentation based off of what I was eating, the time of day and and those things to find out what foods stuck with me the longest in order for me to start to plan what was the best things for me to eat. Um, So it was basically I was just doing this case study on myself and that has continued ever since then. Um, It's been a constant part of my life is doing, okay, you feel this or this is happening. Let's figure out why and how we can fix it. And I do still go to the doctor because like I like the little girl in me hopes that they'll find something that they can tell me that I can fix. That has never happened. <laughs> so that's unfortunate. But that is definitely a, a part of of the puzzle for me. And I just wanted to basically start by lining that out. And so my process of, of getting healthier and feeling better, started with me documenting and doing a ton of trial and error and basically like I said it's like a fucking case study on myself all of which I didn't speak about really with anyone other than you know like my parents knew I was doing it Tony knew I was doing it and like a couple of my girlfriends but that was it learning experience to say the least right through all of it and so through that I learned how to figure out what to do so that I could function Um, and that became my number one focus was how can I make sure that I'm okay enough to folk to, to function. And what would end up happening is, you know, I would, I would, I'm a high performer by nature. I was running a high performance business with lots and lots of people counting on me and all these different things. And because of that, like I would run myself into the ground. Well, when you have the problems that I have, the health problems I have, like that's not, that's not just, oh, I'm exhausted. I need to take two days down. Like that's Jamie's going to wind up in the hospital for seven to 10 days. Um, on IVs because her body is so shut down that it can't do anything else. And that's what would happen. Um, every couple years or every year or so, I would, I would do that to myself. And then I started to learn how to not live that way anymore. And physically, I've unlearned a lot of that. And now there's a whole mental capacity piece that I'm working on. Um, there is a, um, a couple of interviews that I've done with people that I'll link below about how my health journey and like basically when you don't have a diagnosis again, like most people don't really put value on what you're saying or um, not that I want anyone to like feel bad for me or use it as an excuse by any means, but sometimes it's like nice to be able to say this is my situation, Um, like lay off my fucking back basically. (laughs) And I don't have that. Um, So we talked in depth. My friend um, Hillary, who actually has a couple of different chronic diseases, and and so we talked in detail about my experience. What came out of that, which was really interesting, was that I learned how to use my management, project management skills on my health and basically as a survival tactic. And what happened and what was the big thing was that I had created all of these like drill sergeant style rules and regimens around eating, sleeping, water, and it became a very big stressor in my life. Like 
if I was late to sleep, I was fucking livid and I was stressed and had anxiety because that meant I was going to feel like shit tomorrow. If I didn't drink enough water, same reaction. Like if I didn't have the food, same reaction. And I would beat myself up about it because it was all my fault. It was drilled in my head at a young age that this was all because of me and this was all under my control. And I didn't realize, you know, until 10, 15 years later that that was so much, had so much of an effect on me. Um, so it was definitely very interesting to start to unravel a lot of those pieces, but it was also one of those things like I was discussing the other day. I don't wish the way that I feel upon anyone. I don't wish people to be – I would never wish upon anyone or myself to be nauseous 24-7, which the nausea is definitely still a constant thing. Um, the pain is still there regularly. It's not as bad these last couple of months, which is a blessing. Um, I don't throw up every morning anymore, so that's exciting. It does happen occasionally if I've been off um, my game for a couple days, meaning I've not, you know, had the regimen, like the eating and the the calm and all of those things happening, then there's the occasion that I'll get sick in the mornings. Um, When I travel, I have to go places a couple of days early. I usually go at least a day early and stay a day late because, like, if I'm going for an event or something, because flying that fluctuation is very hard on my body the the altitude fluctuation and I tend to be ill for like the first whole day that I'm there barely being able to keep any food down Um, and then usually after I've kind of ran my body hard through an event for a couple of days the same experience happens so like stress when people say stress is toxic I know that so truly because I can feel it in my body in such an extreme way. Um, unfortunately, like if I'm stressed out, everything that I've been telling you is is like turn, the dial is turned up. And so as, you know, learning that and the experience has it, it, been where I've had, I've, I was kind of forced to learn how to produce as much as I do but at lower stress levels. And so that's been really actually something I'm extremely proud of that I've created. Um, But it comes from that concept of you're going to have to figure it out and you have to manage all the details. You have to be proactive. You have to be on top of your game. So all of those management skills and personality skills that most people utilize mainly for business growth and, and those types of successes, I've used to not be sick all the time. Um... The truth is I still am frequently. Um, It's unfortunate. It's definitely way less than it ever was as far as like intensity levels and things like that. So again, I'm so fucking grateful. Um, I'm also going to link below. There was a couple of years ago that I was in Arizona and some of you that are listening, I know were there too. And um, I was in Arizona for an event and the heat mixture of the heat and just all of the excitement and the traveling and all the things um just got to me on on the last day I couldn't move I had to call my friend and have her come into the room because I was that sick like um it was to the point where I was about to call my friend who I know has like connections and have him come and have someone tap my vein either that or someone was going to have to take me to the hospital so I could get an IV we were I was right on that edge and so um I wrote about it Sam took a picture of me that I didn't know about. My friend Sam that was taking care of me in the room. Basically, she had to change my flight so I could have another day because there's no fucking way in hell I was getting on an airplane like that. I've gotten on an airplane puking and shaking and nauseous and sick several times, but this was an extreme. And uh, 
and it was a long flight home and it just would have been miserable. So she was the first person outside of, you know, my lifelong friends and my family, which when I say my family, I mean like my mom and dad are the only people in my family who have really ever witnessed this either. But, um, I had to be vulnerable in front of her because I needed help. And for the first time in my life, when it came to this, I asked for outside help and I allowed other people to know what was going on. Um, and she took a photo of me, which I didn't know about until the next day. She shared it with me and I was just like, I need to talk about this. People need to know. People need to know. I needed to talk about it for myself. But then one of the things that's so beautiful is as I spoke about it and I I went public about it, I got such a huge response that was heartwarming and overwhelming <laughs> and showed that I'm not alone, but I also was able to give, while while I tend to be an anomaly when it comes to my actual symptoms and my actual reality, there are a lot of people who deal with things that there's no answers to. And so being able to speak about this really allowed people to have a different perspective and realize, okay, what can I do to feel better? What can I have control over and do to feel better and kind of start down their own path of that way, which I'm, again, super honored to be able to, to open that door for people. You know, and for those of you who've been following me for a long time, something I've spoken out about from the moment I, I started working online was the double standard around people who are skinny and how everyone likes to say, oh, it must be nice. Um, it must be nice to not be able to gain weight. And it's like, you know, it's not nice because you're sick and you feel ill all the time. And then when I started weight training, which was basically for me, my desire was to get my body as strong as possible so that it could support me better in these instances than it ever had before. And so I started with yoga, intense yoga practice for a couple, like about a year, several, I think like four to five times a week in a class. And then I started weight training. And during that process, I, you know, referred to myself as a hard gainer because that's a thing in the fitness world. Those of you who are hard gainers, you know what I'm talking about. And one day I went into Supplement Superstore here in St. Louis and my friend Dave looked at me and was like, I absolutely understand what you mean. And for the first time in my life, I had a person look at me and understand that no matter how much I ate, no matter how much, whatever I did, I still didn't feel good and I still wasn't able to gain weight. And he understood and he was able to guide me in some really, really cool ways that I still use all the time um, to start to shift my way of eating and the way of being in order to support strengthening my body. But again, I remember that being like the first time ever. And I've told him this before that Dave was like the first time ever that somebody understood. And then what's funny is, is then he moved to a different store. And then the next manager, Andrew had the similar, he had the same experience too, which was really cool. So, you know, the universe gave me two really great people to help me to help me through part of that journey and, and figuring out what the hell my body needed. And, and during that, for those of you who maybe are experiencing any of the symptoms that I have explained, I really welcome you to cut out processed foods first and, and increase your water intake. Like those were the two biggest things. Like my body does not, my body is so sensitive to everything that it does not process processed foods. Like those preservatives, ooh, it is not down for that. And so if I eat more than like maybe one serving of something that's processed a day, like I feel physically feel worse. Um, 
and learning that has been a big deal. Like I have to, unfortunately, (laughs) because it's not always convenient, I have to consume my nutrients through whole foods, through like real forms of protein. If I drink a protein shake, I have to be consuming some sort of food with it. Um, That's why like if I do it, I'll do it in a smoothie with like fruits and vegetables and stuff like peanut butter and stuff like that in it. So it has some of that substance. Otherwise, if I just like mix up a level one protein shake, I feel so sick. Um, Like it doesn't function. My body doesn't function well with that. And, you know, that's okay. Here's the other part I want to say. If the things about your body don't make sense, like quit beating yourself up about it and trying to be like everybody else. Because the truth of the matter is, is that where none of us are the same. And that's one of the biggest problems. We all try to use the same fixes, you know, or the same treatments or the same whatever, because we think everyone's going to be the same and what worked for, you know, Joe's going to work for Sally. And it's like, dude, that's not the way it works. And so, you know, to dive even deeper into probably where one of my biggest pieces of belief that there is no cookie cutter answer to anybody's questions, because we're all unique. Like I do that in my business all the time. It probably stems directly from what I just said about physical situations. And so, Um, I just want to tell you that like, and here's the other piece. I will never forget the day that I was explaining all of this for the first time to my, like I told you, I didn't, I didn't even, it didn't even cross my fucking mind to tell my psychiatrist about any of this. And then until one day it did. And he was just like mind boggled that I had never mentioned it before. And it's because again, it was something that I just lived with and I just didn't talk about because it was my thing. I almost, it's just is what it is. And I get to this day, like I still get embarrassed kind of talking about all of the things. Anyways, I remember talking to him and him looking at me and saying, Jamie, this sucks. And it is okay for you to say that out loud. Like the fact that you can't just eat like a normal person sucks. The fact that you can't just grab something on the go and feel okay sucks like it is not fair that you have to deal with this and it is okay for you to say that and so having that permission given to me from someone else to say you know what this isn't fucking fair because it's not I don't get to exist like you or like the majority of the people who are probably listening I don't get to do that it's not it's not a part of my reality and it's not fair I'm not going to ever allow it to stop me and I never will. I'm never going to use the fact that it's not fair as an excuse to, you know, do less or be less or, 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 you know, whatever. But accepting the fact that, you know what, it really isn't fair at all. And that's okay for me to feel that way was huge. So if you're listening and you need that permission slip, like, let me hand it to you. Because it is okay for you to be like, this fucking sucks and it is not fair that I have to deal with this. And let yourself feel that because it's okay. And then in the next day or the next hour or whatever, you have to start figuring out what you can do to operate in a way that you're not miserable and to operate in a way to where you were able to figure it out, you know, even if it's just a little bit of a benefit. So let me give you a quick example here for those of you who do maybe have, you know, friends, family members or yourselves that have diagnosis. A lot of people that I know that do have a diagnosis, they're like, they feel very, even more disheartened and hopeless than I I do sometimes with my physical stuff. And, but the problem that I notice more than anything, and honestly, one of the solutions that I've helped people with all kinds of different chronic diseases um, deal with is that like your consistency on personal wellness will, no matter what your situation will impact 
you mentally and physically. It may not make everything go away, but it will make it a little bit better. And so, you know, that's a huge piece. I'll tell you what, nobody's body does a good job sitting on its ass, eating shitty food all day long, drinking no water. Like no one, even people with zero health conditions, don't feel well doing that. And so when I say get up and figure out your body, that's what I mean. Like if you have to do some trial and error and figure out what makes you feel better um, and listen and not not be a drill sergeant about it to yourself, but, you know, be consistent and figure out ways to, to feel better um, with, with ways that you can control. And, and what that means for me, you know, to, to share with you, I have gone down so many different paths. So we're talking everywhere from, you know, physical therapy to specialized massage therapists, which I still see regularly, to cryotherapy, to chiropractors, to constant stretching and yoga, to all of these different avenues, energy healing, like all of these different avenues to help me physically feel better. Um, especially with this pain that I have in my shoulder these past, you know, five years, and none of it really worked. It would give me a little bit of relief, but it would, and a little bit of relief was better than nothing. But one of the things that I've I've recognized is food has a lot of healing qualities. So looking down that path is a way for you to start maybe eliminating things or bringing things into play um, in what you're ingesting in your diet is huge and it it definitely for me like I'm not allergic to gluten but when I eat gluten-free options because there is nothing that's turning specifically automatically into sugar I feel better there tends to be like more of that whole grain concept in that world so if I eat a gluten-free dessert it doesn't make me feel like I'm gonna die afterwards (laughs) like so one of that's one of the just a quick example but one of the things too is herbs like homeopathic um when people say homeopathic you i get a lot of people who assume that you're seeing a guy that doesn't wear shoes and doesn't actually prescribe you anything that can help and the truth is is that that's definitely not the case but homeopathic is is natural based remedies or help um and that's something that i started doing a couple of years ago on a small scale with my own apothecary, which is meaning I just have my own herbs that I mix and use essential oils and different things to treat different different problems and try to treat the pain and sleeplessness and things like that. Um, and then just as of recently, I've gone even deeper down that path working with um, a very skilled herbalist, working on and you know creating some allies with different plants in order to help because the truth is is that if you're really wanting if you don't want to live with this life sentence that a doctor has placed upon you and the things that you are physically experiencing and feeling every day like you have to be open-minded and you have to be willing to try new things like it's just the, the truth um without doing that then you're going to be stuck in that same physical situation with, without a doubt, you know, am I saying that all the stuff I'm telling you is going to be your fix? No. But what I'm getting at is you're never going to know if you don't try. And you know what? Consider what will keep you in that spot no matter what? Doing nothing. Or continuing to go to the same doctor that only tells you, you know, that tells you you have no other option and not being willing to try, you know, changing your diet or trying herbs or trying, you know, different acupuncture or whatever it might be. And so 
the other thing that I wanted to talk about real quick around this avenue that, you know, I think anyone can benefit from, but specifically people who have chronic health conditions, especially chronic pain. For me, I did not express my emotions very much until I was about 25 years old, 26 even maybe. I was always just one of the guys and I was always just a good little soldier and did what I needed to do and just minded my own business. Occasionally, I, you know, what would happen is I would just bottle things up until I exploded every once in a while and then go back to, to you know, getting, keeping my head down, doing the work and doing what I needed to do. And it wasn't until I realized there was like a really specific instance where I was, my boyfriend at the time was like, you have feelings about that? And I'm like, yeah, I'm super upset, blah, blah, blah. And he was like, holy shit, like I didn't even know you had feelings like like that. You know, you've never talked about that before. I just thought you, you know, you're just super chill and cool. It's almost like you're one of the guys. And I'm thinking, oh, it's because in my head, don't be emotional. Don't share your emotion. Girls are emotional. Be one of the guys. Like that was a programmed thing in my brain. And when I realized that, I started working towards allowing myself to express my emotions and learn how to express them in a way that's not toxic or harmful um, or unproductive. And and in doing that, I realized that, um, you know, when we when we push our emotions down, we store them in our body. We, and I've been through a lot of physical, mental, sexual trauma um, in my life. And while I personally, mentally, when I while I have mentally worked through those things, physically, that stuff is still tucked away in my body because I didn't physically allow myself to feel what I needed to feel. I didn't allow those emotions to process. And so that's something I've been working on deeply uh, the last couple of years. And when I, I met my current coach, Jesse. And it was like I had this moment click in my mind where I was like, maybe this excruciating pain in my shoulder that no one can figure out, there's not physically anything wrong with me, you know, the only time it doesn't hurt is when I'm exercising, when I can't, so I can't be lifting weights on my shoulder every day, all day. Maybe it's energetic, maybe it's emotional. And so I started learning about the mind-body connection. I started learning about living and listening in my body versus just constantly being in my thoughts and in my head, which is where I reside naturally. Um, I'm, a, I'm an investigator. I'm a thinker. I'm logical. Like I work. I can see a problem and dissect it and have a solution very easily and quickly. That's just the way my brain naturally works. And so given the other things we just talked about, like I, I wasn't processing things in my body and in my emotions. And so working through that and had done the legwork on, you know, allowing myself to feel feelings, this next step of acknowledging that these stored emotions could potentially be causing the pain has been a game changer to say the least. And it's been very interesting to where something that I had a chronic shooting pain under my shoulder blade for years is now not constant anymore. It shows up sometimes, but when it shows up, my approach to what it is and my the way I deal with it is super different. I stop and I'm like, okay, what are you? Like, What's going on? What do we need? Like maybe I need to breathe. Maybe I need to lay down. Maybe I need to whatever. And so it's just experiencing that very differently and it's no longer constant, which is like still fucking mind-boggling to me honestly but it's real and um and now I'm starting to notice patterns as to when it shows up and why it shows up and what I maybe have done differently that day and those types of things but again that comes from being committed and invested in figuring out your own body so that this life sentence 
of shittiness isn't something you have to live with forever. Giving yourself even a little bit of relief is worth it. Like you're worth it. You deserve that. So if there's anything you take away from this, it's just learn your body, give it the attention that it needs, and and don't just accept the answer of, well, this is just the way that it is. Because if that was the case, if I just accepted the answer of this is just the way that it is, I would never leave my bed, you guys. Like realistically. The nausea is annoying, don't get me wrong. It's really crappy, it's draining. But puking, every time you smell something, every time you you know, stand up, like those types of instances, never being hungry, constantly force feeding yourself, like all of that stuff, that's not a way to live. And I wouldn't be able to function if that was the only answer. It just, it wouldn't, long-term, like at this age, like it still would have never happened. I don't know how the fuck I did it when I was young. And I think it was just because I was young. (laughs) But so I just don't want anyone to accept those types of answers as like, well, this is the only way that it is because I don't believe that to be true in any instance. And I want to empower as many people as I can, number one, the um, to, to not accept that, but also to empower you to, to figure it out. Do the research, talk to the professionals, do the trial and error, be smart about it. Don't get me wrong, be very smart about it, but figure out what makes you tick and how you can control certain things. Um, The other thing, by the way, earlier that I was talking about with the being a hard gainer thing was my goal at that time was to kind of banish or like shine some light on the the double standard of that judgment and how horrible that is for people to make judge pass judgment on others to say, oh, it must be nice or she's, you know, she's so skinny and that must be great. And it's like, you don't know what someone else is living with or experiencing. So don't say things like that because it could be extremely damaging and hurtful and you don't know their experience. And it's just busting those stereotypes has been a part of my existence since as long as I can remember, you know, from being the girl, the little pretty girl in the men's automotive world versus, you know, to talking about these health conditions and these health things, as well as different avenues of of dealing with pain and dealing with these different things. You know, all of that, don't judge a book by its cover. And, you know, breaking the stereotypes has definitely been it's it's definitely well rooted in me um and that's a part of all of this so i definitely believe i hope that this wasn't crazy to some of you it probably was and i'm not again i'm not looking for anyone's sympathy by any means i'm not looking for anyone's diagnosis basically all i wanted to do was explain a little bit more in depth of what i deal with and how i've dealt with it so that to shine some light on the fact that like lifestyle creation is across the board a thing, you know, and you really do, it takes work, it takes commitment, but it's possible. And when I reference so often, you know, well, that's when I'm dealing with this health condition or I'm dealing with this other thing, like this is what I mean. And this is a very big part. Like I said, it's been over 20 years of existence and existing in this way and navigating these sometimes mind-numbing, completely crippling symptoms um, that are all too real and all too big and loud sometimes um, and learning to navigate that. So I just think it needed to be said, um, needed to be shared. And I do hope that there was some value taken out of this by every one of you. Um, If you know someone who has something going on with them physically or mentally that they feel stuck or hopeless about, share this with them. Um, I'll put my email address below. Feel free to reach out. And I'm going to go ahead and wrap up the story here. 
I like again, I hope that this was beneficial. Thank you for listening. Like from the bottom of my heart, the vulnerability is bigger than I could probably describe to you in words. And I hope that you see that and you honor it and are respectful of it as I would be to you. And um, give this a share as I think this is something people need to know more about and to to give them some hope and some permission in places too. So thank you for being here. I love you guys. Really, really do. And uh, until next time.